This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, we continue our look at predestination as we walk through the sovereignty of God in the doctrines of grace. Good day, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Keenel once again for the Planted Podcast. How's it going, Thad? It's going well. It's good to be here. Yeah. So we have been venturing this season into a... Uh, discussion and hopefully some teaching <laughs> on doctrines of the Reformed faith of really we kind of started off talking about providence and out of that several times we've gotten into the glory of God we can't really talk about you know this without getting into our chief purpose to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever right and really before providence we we had a little short session and a special um, during the end of summer there about the eternal decree. Right. Yeah, that was that's actually probably spurred this all on as right. we, we talked about the eternal decree of of, of God, in which it really we kind of a, we'd say maybe foreshadowed into what our discussion last time on predestination. Right, that it all started with with God's decision, His decree to um, to want to have a people for Himself that w- would be saved through Jesus. That He had this. But it was this covenant, this agreement between the Father, Son, and the Spirit, really, to, to do this. And so, uh, but last week we really got into this, that this was, this predestination was a forethought-out, pre-thought-out plan of God um, to redeem His the people and to exalt um, the Son, the second person in the Trinity, right? Right. And so, um, while we often think about predestination as, as sometimes we have just God's foreknowledge and that he knows what's going to happen that really no it's it really is not just his knowledge it's his it's his actually preordained thought out plan and, and that he had it in his mind ahead of time and that he is going to carry out those purposes and so and in that discussion we talked about just so many of these um, places, especially we were focusing in Ephesians 1, that whenever predestination is mentioned, that the glory of God is mentioned, that there's a purpose for it. There's a purpose of this plan is that God would get the glory, that his name, his reputation, his goodness would be known and would be magnified, would be, as as us as redeemed people, would be imaged, would be represented, would be um, reflected in our life, and that our life, any glory we have, anything that we um, get up is, is all ultimately for his, it's for his glory. Yeah, exactly. And also it's recognizing the fact that man, as we are fallen naturally in sin, um, we in, that inherited sin that we have from the original fall, and of course we are guilty of our own sin, uh, that in that action of, of sin, we've fallen, and that's affected every part of our being, right? In that uh, we sometimes will call that being totally depraved. And it doesn't mean that we're as bad as we possibly could be, right. but that the fall has affected every part of our flesh, of our being, right? So the things that we think that we have free ability to do, we we actually are held in bondage to that sin, right? We're actually called slaves of sin. So there's mm-hmm. that reality. Not that we can't choose things 
uh, freely. It's just that the things that we choose freely are, are, are sinful in nature, right? That's okay, our that's oh, our typical disposition of the fallen man. Okay, so you're saying that if 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 I don't if I'm not um, in a relationship with God through Christ, and I'm I'm uh, pulling up to the intersection, you know, to to enter into the expressway, and there's the guy there with his sign, and he wants some money, and out of the goodness of my heart, I give him. Um, a five bucks and a cheeseburger, right? <laughs> uh, to help him out, that 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 wasn't a good thing. Um, it's not that it's not a good thing in the eyes of, you know, what we consider a moral act, mm-hmm. but it is um, true that the Bible speaks that the things that we do that are outside of the faith in Christ are sin, and that's really hard for us. Um, to understand. In other words, um, I, th- I think of Oprah Winfrey often, who's very uh, philanthropic with her mm-hmm. money, right? She might right. be giving millions of dollars away to, right. to a good cause, and they are good. Yeah. But that does not buy her any good standing in the Lord because without the grace of God, we are condemned in our sins. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go on? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so. So that you're saying that that even something does does something like that what I described or I uh, you know I go volunteer down at the local boys club and and you know help help kids um, is that counted against me you know is is that uh, because it's not before God it's not a righteous act so is that then a um, you know is that something God's holding against me that I'm doing those things yes. You're crazy. Well, what, 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 what you, that that makes no sense. I know. What are you talking about? Well, that's because um, what the question that you're asking from is from the point of view that people are in and of themselves uh, good, right? Like like the normal disposition that we say I think is I'm a pretty good guy. Thad. Yeah, Come well, on, look at me. I can't really look at me <laughs> without laughing. <laughs> but uh, right, is that um, our when we're dealing with um, God, we have to deal with what his word says about us. And so, as I said a few episodes ago, is that we have to have a proper theology and we have to have a proper anthropology, mm-hmm. right? And God, if we can all agree that he is good, just, righteous, and holy, mm-hmm. right? that mankind in his fallen state is not that. So anything that falls short of right. perfection, God cannot see right. cannot see the good in that, right? And so that's why no matter how good of a person that we think we are in this world, some people would point to like a Mother Teresa, for example, right? right? Or you name it, you know, Billy Graham, if we mm-hmm. want to go on that side of it. These are these are really people that are striving to to do good things. Right that without the blood of Christ covering them, all right. the precious Lord can see is the filth that's in, in a person's life. And that's that's a really difficult uh, concept, and it's offensive, right? It's offensive to yeah. um, who we think we are um, in and of ourselves. Well, so I think one thing to do is to back up, we'll, we'll talk about, because what we're talking about here is both the acts and the persons who are doing them. And so I think it's, it's important to see that from a biblical standpoint is that, God doesn't separate the two. Um, the, the, 
We have to look at the, the the one doing what's being done. So while what's being done can in and of itself be a good thing, right? That God is always considering the one who does who's doing them. And and the question is, is the one who's doing them have the right orientation before God? Is is there a um uh, is 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 the person doing them out of their own desire? To be good for their own glory, we could we could use that term, or just or in some senses to bring attention to themselves, make themselves feel good, or even to try to do something to appease a higher being, whatever they, they think that higher being is, right? Even if it's the God of the Bible, um, the the question becomes is 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 that uh, a, a a very self oriented act, or is or is what being done? Um, responsively to the the one who who gives us life and and to and to our savior right i think that's the 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 issue is in terms of have we been have we been made new have we been reoriented into that into that kind of life which uh we you know back to our discussion is are do we are are we part of the plan <laughs> exactly yeah right <laughs> you know because the issue becomes I have to address the person and I have to look at my own self and, and say that in the same thing towards others is, is that the, God doesn't um, – we have to, as you said, know our anth- this anthropology that's there. And, and so what is it about even someone who seems like a pretty good guy? I mean, I know – I know people out there who necessarily aren't followers of Jesus who probably, you know, in human standards would be much nicer people than me, have done a lot more good things than me, uh, maybe contributed to society in greater ways or whatever. Right. Um, but well, let, yeah, I would I would jump in and say, you know, I wouldn't have come up with this on my own that we're not generally good people, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean. We enjoy each other. Um, you know, we enjoy the company of, yeah. of sinners who are good people. I mean, that, that, that seemed like you can hang around, but we have to go to the Word of God. And uh, the book of Romans in chapter 3 reiterates what the Old Testament says. And it says um, in chapter 3 of Romans, verse verse 10, it says, As it is written, and this is uh, from some of the, uh, the, the book of Psalms and I think Isaiah as well, but it says that there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands there is none who seeks after God. So in, in that statement right there, that says that there, there isn't anybody that really seeks after God um, in and of their own accord. I mean, in our flesh, that's not what we do. It says that we're enemies of God, right? And so um, from the scriptures, there's no one that's good. No, not one. Well, that includes me, and that includes you, and that includes all the way back to after the fall of Adam and Eve, right? But so what do we need? What is what is there that can that can save us, right? Because we stand condemned in mm-hmm. front of this God, and thankfully, this is what the Bible goes on to tell us: is that we need the righteousness of one who was the one who um, came into the flesh, lived the sinless life, and died on our behalf, right? Because there has to be justice in God's right. eyes. Yeah, yeah, and so I think it's important, as you said, to, to go back to the fall and 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 help us see why would God make this statement? Because the issue becomes back to the whole 
idea of what is God's eternal plan. And ultimately, it's for the glory of God, for his glory, and that, that is, he achieve, he's achieving that through Christ. And that when humankind, in Adam and Eve, and, I, and we would agree that everyone who followed them, turned away from God. So this, this, this being declared righteous or sinful, again, we don't necessarily just look at individual acts themselves, although some, many individual acts display that sinfulness and lead to all kinds of evil in the world, which God hands us over to the effects of those things. But the point is, is that it's that turning away from God, doing things apart from him, in our own power, our own strength, according to our own wisdom. Because it's very interesting, that tree is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can even get the knowledge of good and do that good, but even, even trying to do that good and find that wisdom on your own, in God's eyes, because we're made in his image to reflect him, we were always made to be dependent beings. Our glory is a derived glory. Our purpose, all those things come from him. And when we turn our back and and try to pursue them on our own by making up our own religion, our own morality, that could even be good because the remnants of that is still present. And as even Paul acknowledged in Romans 1, that even those who don't know Christ still know good and bad in some senses, right? right? right. But it's not the knowing of good and bad. It's It's trying and attempting and striving to know that apart from God. And it's that that gives that puts us in the state of rebellion that puts us in the state of sin that puts me in the state of I'm rebelling against God even though I'm trying to help this poor guy on on the street corner right that's that's the 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 mentality that God is trying to help us see right in and scripture exactly and I think you were right to go all the way back to the garden because we see Adam and Eve in their um, state of innocence before the fall they are completely righteous and in fellowship with God, their creator. Right. They're not fully mature. Right. It's not like they're full grown and have full, complete, you know, developed character and faith, but they are um, blameless. And they are, in that sense, they're righteous because they, up to that point, had shown themselves faithful. That's correct. And then God gives them the, the, the one rule that, of course, it's like, don't walk on the grass, right? You're, you're, you're going to walk on the grass. And so God gives them the one rule, do not eat of this tree. And of course, they do. And what is the result of that? What was the promise of God to them if they, if they disobeyed? They would die. That they would die. And certainly, they died spiritually at that moment, right? There was a spiritual death that took place. And it also um, began, they would have died a physical death immediately had God not, God not been merciful, mm-hmm. right? And he would God have been just to kill them on the spot? Sure. Yes, he would have. So we know that God is still just. And at that point in their rebellion, they uh, had turned their backs on their creator and became enemies of God. Mm-hmm. But what does God do for them? Right. He, yeah. prov- he provides a covering for them. First, they try to cover themselves. And we talked about this before with the fig leaves, right? Mm -hmm. But then God covers them with the skin of a lamb, right? Which required a blood sacrifice for that to take place. Um, Immediately beginning to signify that another lamb, 
right? The Lamb of God would come for people. And so when we look at the Gospel of John in chapter 3, some of our most famous verses of uh, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? If we just look a couple wor- uh, verses after that in verse 18, it says this, that he who believes in him, that's this is uh, Jesus Christ, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. And for condemnation, you can just as well use the word damnation, right? Because we, we, we stand damned in our sins. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been what done in God. So God not only provides the way, but he is the way right. the, the, the good deed is done in God for those who right. believe And this goes all the way back now to the eternal decree of whom God would save, which is taking us all the way through back to our predestination and election course, <laughs> right? Because we stand condemned without somebody reaching out and being proactive for us because we don't reach out for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think it, that's, and I think it's important for us to see you, you at the beginning of this whole discussion before I started playing the kind of, I changed is, the subject. <laughs> is, 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 no, is the, <sighs> is the, um, you talked about bondage, right? And, and so bondage and ability. Right? Yeah. And so there's, they, unable to save ourselves, but also unable to even not necessarily do an individual right thing, but to do anything that's, that's, that's going to give God glory or honor or do anything that really is, is, is fruit of, of, of salvation. Right. Uh, so what we have is we have God's saving grace. The fact that we can't save ourselves. He comes in, he, in his, and as we get into this more, his, you know, his election, predestination, all those things. He comes in and he, he, he chooses to, to give new life to our spirit, which was dead. We talked about being dead spiritually. So we were dead spiritually. Um, he come, he, and, and we can't awaken ourselves. We can't breathe life into our own spirits. Um, that's something that, that God alone does. And as he does that, that then awakens within us an ability to choose. And I bring that up because that is so that saving grace to do that is that awakens us that now I made a free choice when I chose to follow Jesus. Um, my will was not in any way violated, right? But it was impa- It was only enabled that enabling that saving grace by God. I couldn't do that apart from Him. Once He did, I, He did that. And then once we have that saving grace, He then sustains us with that deposit, that good deposit of the Holy Spirit, that now I have an enabling and an empowering grace on a daily basis to to, um, continue to follow him and to become like him, to walk in the light and not in the darkness. And so uh, I think it's very important we keep that in mind because when we start getting into the conversation about election, that that it's, it's so important that we keep that in our mind because 
that election is God's choice, it's not mine, that enabled my choice. Now, now I do have a choice, right? And I exercise that choice, but that first choice, that first choosing is God. He's the initiator. He does that work. But when he does that work, it comes with a very deep and important calling. That election is, is not just about or even necessarily, we, we, this is where we, we get into the Old Testament. Maybe at another time we'll, we'll talk about election in the Old Testament. Right. Um, but, but it is for a purpose. It's not just a, you know, when God chooses to do something, he has a purpose behind it. And we talk about that pur- purpose being his glory, but, then, but it also gives Thad and me and any other follower of Jesus a purpose. And that purpose is to live that calling out. So he calls us, he chooses us, but with it, then what once was an inability that I couldn't do anything about it, this calling and this new life this, that I have is very intentionally directed towards service mm-hmm. and to a change of life. And, and so I now become a slave of Jesus, right? Right. That's, um, that's, that's, and, and that's the exact language that is used, exactly. right? Because we were once slaves right. to sin. The The imagery that I often use is that as fallen in our sins, and it says that we're slaves of sin, it's like um, there we are on the auction block and we are children of Satan is what it says at that because why? Mm-hmm. Well, because he's the father of sins. And if we're sinners and that's, where we stand, then then we are a slave to sin, as the scripture says. But we are there on the auction block. Yeah. Right? And God in his mercy for his glory right. purchases that slave. Just like if we imagine how they have, you know, an auction. Yeah, right. right? And he and he purchases me to be his yeah. faithful servant, right? So how do how, what was the cost of that though? Yeah. Oh, it was the life of, of the son. Right. It was his blood. It was his life that he had to lay down and, but he, he purchased it. Now, can I pay? My question is, can I pay for my own sins? And the Bible says, yes, we can. It says that the wages of our sin (laughs) is death. Is death. So yeah. So one, one is a justice, Mm -hmm. right? Because we die a just act of God, just like it would be, Right for right. a just um, judge to execute judgment on somebody that was a murderer, for example. Right. Right. He he he's not a good judge if he just lets him go free. Right. Right. And neither would God be. But there is a price that that is offered up yeah. according to the, ru- the rules and that, that God laid down. Still paid. Right. It's still it, paid. It's it, it was paid by Jesus. It, right. We just call yeah. it substitutionary. Right. right? There's a right. substitution yeah. Yeah. that 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 comes in, and not only does he take um, our sins and pay for our sins, but then he lays upon us his righteousness. Yeah. Right. He, he doesn't it, he doesn't make me righteous that I'm going to live a perfect life. Right. That's not what that's about. Mm-hmm. But his righteousness lays on me. It's that a covering. That atoning right. sacrifice yeah. of his not blood. Righteous, not in the sense that I'm going to do every perfect act from now here on out. But I think he does make us righteous in that he is producing a life of faithfulness within us. Absolutely, for sure. Right. But it's but it's but it's a legal declaration. Yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's so forensic right there. In that's that, that justify. It's he reckons us right before God, and then it's our job then to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. 
Um, that's that's that ongoing um, act of faith that we do on a daily basis, right? Right. Um, so so all to bring us back into this initial discussion of election, which we will continue, um, you know, to talk about for a few weeks here, is that that I, I want to just bring up that this helping us see election in a good context or or applying it well to us because I think at times election is something that can while it's meant to be a very positive assuring thing can at times our our flesh can even take it and and distort it sometimes and 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 see it as um um it, it, it's related to the uncomfortableness that we talked about even with predestination last time. It's like, you know, how can God do this, you know, um, without involving us? Or um, uh, and, and I want to say, no, it's very much involving us, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, there's just – this is a, uh, from John Stott's uh, commentary on Ephesians um, from InterVarsity Press. And I just – I thought he had three notes here, three little statements that he makes about the doctrine of election, which I think are, are helpful um, to think about. Uh, the first is he says, well, he, he sets it up this way. He says, Scripture nowhere dispels the mystery of election. He acknowledges it's kind of a, it's a mystery for us to figure out, right? Right, right? He says, and we should be aware of any who try to systematize it too precisely or rigidly. Um, in the sense that if we think we can figure out the mind of God, you know, we're going to be fooling ourselves. Yeah. But it doesn't negate that it's reality. And he says it's not likely that we should discover a simple solution to a problem which has baffled the best brains of Christendom for centuries. But he says here are at least three things, important truths um, from our text that uh, that – Three important truths to grasp and remember. The first, he says, is the doctrine of election is a divine revelation, not a human speculation. Right. And it's when we enter into that speculation, we get ourselves in trouble. And I think even some of the theological debates between between Calvinists and Wesleyans and Arminians and this and that, we can often start getting into speculation, which isn't necessarily the thing. And I think, we, and I'll just jump in for a second, yeah. that um, probably next week, but maybe yet on, in this episode, when we discuss the differing and varying views of what the Arminian or John Wesley thought mm -hmm. of in the terms of foreknowledge, that point that you just made is going to is going to become clear because we're looking at the same Bible, right? But we're coming to different conclusions based on that word foreknowledge. But when we look at how John Wesley defines that, he leaves the um, the common realm of how that word is used in the Scripture, mm. and, and that becomes apparent just in his own text if you if you if you logically look at it i think yeah. anyways okay. i mean i come from that background so right. i know how that that got wrestled through so continue on though so that okay. that first point was that it's based on divine revelation so yeah, it's, it, it's, we have to get it from the scripture we have to and, and therefore we have to take it seriously right yeah and we have to let it speak to us the the second thing he says is the doctrine of election is an incentive to holiness not an excuse for sin right and so um, we just because I can have assurance of my salvation because of God's choice, not mine, right? Then, but that doesn't give me an excuse to say, okay, well, God chose me, so I get to go do whatever I want to do, right? Because that actually is that's that starts to negate some of the other evidence of whether we're really chosen or not. Because the third thing he says is the doctrine of election is a stimulus to humility, not a ground for boasting, right? It actually does stimulate us to the godly life. 
And, and it does produce that humility in us that we have no reason to boast. So even the good things mm. that I do do, credit and glory is going to God. Um, and just like I would, I should no longer want to do bad things, that even my desire to do good is to the praise of God, not to, my, to, not right. to myself, right? right? Exactly. And so, but I think it's important to see there that, that what it is is that this is producing something within us. Um, and and it, so it, it produces fruit, evidence, um, which uh, will, I think we'll get into this maybe next episode or maybe a future episode or whatever. But we see that within, I think Israel is a great example of that. Because we can say all of Israel is elect in terms of the, the people of God in, in, a, in the big broad sense there. He elected that people group, that all, the, the descendants of Abraham, right, um, and Isaac and Jacob, Jacob and his descendants, to be his people. But yet, when they saw their salvation, in essence, in the fact, in that, and not in Yahweh himself, but in their ethnic identity, in, in essence, um, they, 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 would bo- they could boast about it. But it could also lead to, well, I can, I can follow up to these other gods. Right. Right? Or, or do these other things or treat my neighbor right. poorly. And I would think that um, even Israel themselves would say that they would recognize that even as an elect nation that many people from Israel were reprobate. Yeah. Right? So they yeah. would recognize that themselves. Yeah. So when we look at that term election, uh, when, it, when, it, when it comes to Israel specifically, as you said, there's – you have to look at the context. They, they're called as a nation that's to be right. separate from the other nations, right? right? So there's that particular thing, but that's not necessarily a salvific or a redemption thing, right? In that it, sense, right? But eternally, but, but it is a missional thing, right? It is missional, and it, it's 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 God's call upon them, and so I think we need to be we need to see that too. Then, as the church, sure, we we are an elect people. And, the, but, and with that has a mission. But even within the church, we have the visible church and the invisible That's church, exactly, right? Yeah. And, and why do I bring this up? The visible church being anyone who's outwardly professed faith in Christ. But the invisibles are those truly who are regenerate, truly who are saved, and, and walking and living it out. And that becomes the fruit of it. That's the thing we look for in that election. We, we, yes, we look for the outward profession, but what we're really looking for is that transformed life. Um, so if we go back to the Ephesians um, passage in Ephesians one, uh, and let me get to it here because <laughs> I was I I'm was there back you, in, I'm, in I'm there you, I was back in Romans. Yeah. Is that when he says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world? This is verse four. That's that election, and we talked about this last time in terms of setting up predestination. He chose us in him before the world, before the foundation of the world, that we should be. Holy. Holy and blameless before him. So you can't take the holy and blameless out of that. Right. Right. And now we know that that is ultimately accomplished by Christ, but the fruit of that is to be borne out in our life. Um, and so otherwise, uh, you know, we're the worst kind of testimony <laughs> to being a follower of Christ. Um, and, and God gets no glory. Right, so he's faithful to produce that in us, um, and we rely upon him to do that. But he's awakening and giving us this new life that we participate in it with him, right? And so, uh, so we need to really see that election 
in, is, is very purposeful, and it's very uh, much should be a motivation to a, a changed life, right? Exactly, uh, yeah, because as Christ followers, we are to be imitators of him, being yeah. transformed by the renewing of our mind, be imitators of Christ, um, to be, as you just said, to be holy and blameless, mm-hmm. that's to be set apart, right? Right. And so our our heart, um, understanding our own wickedness, um, and you mentioned this being the, the this doctrine of election is really yeah. um, full of humility, right? Because because yeah. it's when the sinner understands his own weight of sin and what the penalty of that sin is, and that the grace of God has come and and given us again. That's why that's why we don't take the attitude to to go on sinning, right? Because in Romans six it says, "What what then shall we sin that mm-hmm. grace may abound, or shall we continue in sin?" Yeah. And he, he gives the very strongest rebuke on that. Right? By no means, God right. forbid, and. Um, do you not know? Right. He says, you know, so all of these things come into us that is associated with baptism. <laughs> it is. Right? So this is why we're baptized because it's the putting off, it's the symbolic representation of of dying with Christ and putting off the God right. of this world as we are become brothers of Christ. Yeah, slaves of Christ, yes, just because he's bought us off that slave block, block right. right? And and then, and then with that comes that new identity. Right. Right. I, actually before we recorded this podcast, I just had two appointments with with people today wanting to be baptized. <laughs> and this is what we exactly what we talked about. Yeah. That means of identification, but it it, it it signifies our justification, which we've been talking about, that we're made right with God, that our sins are washed away. It signifies our sanctification, that we have new life in Christ, right? And we're walking in this newness of life that's set apart from the old lives that's that's passing away. And we're walking in the new life, growing in that likeness of Christ, that we are identifying with him and his body. And so we're also then, it's a, it's a sign of that incorporation into his body. And so that that, that very much is is all... God ordained, God initiated, and we can say chosen by God, and with that choosing is always in Christ, mm-hmm. which relates back to last uh, podcast about predestination, that, 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 that the plan is always about Jesus, and the choosing of us and the calling on our lives to be these people is all that we would be conformed to the image of the Son, um, who is who is the who became the true human to make up what we lost, that we would once again become truly human, and but it's in Him, it's our union with Christ, which that baptism is signifying, right? That we are we are uniting to Him, and mm-hmm. so again, if you try to understand election and predestination apart from understanding God's purposes in Jesus, and you just start entering into philosophy about will and about um, choice um, and who has the power to do what and all those things, which, again, when we have our proper anthropology, which we spent the first half of this podcast talking about, helps us bring that to light. But ultimately, the answers are found in Christ. It's our union with Christ that, that ultimately helps us get back to to understanding even what we were like apart from him. Exactly. And if we <laughs> if we don't understand um, that we are condemned in our sins and with no ability to go to God, if it weren't for the eternal decree 
of God to be so gracious with right. his glorious gift and mercy upon some people, right? All to the praise of his glory. If it weren't for that, then none would be saved. Yeah. Right? Because we can't do it on our own. We won't initiate that. Right. That's what the Bible says to us. So we have to stay with what the scripture says. We don't, we're not, we're not here to make what sounds Man. best. Right. And that's what some people do because it's, it seems kind of like a harsh doctrine that God um, chooses some and not others. Right. And maybe we'll talk about this next time, what okay. that really looks like. I think that that'd be probably a good place to go next time because yeah, it's, a, so. it's a difficult topic, but when you look at it biblically, it, it, it helps clear it up. Right. right? And, and then with that, with that, we'll obviously get back and talk about the Old Testament and Israel and all that. It's we'll, a great way we'll to come go into that. So I think we will do that. But, but I think to, just to wrap up this time and to, to tie election into predestination is God has a plan and he is going to assure that that plan happens. And it's, if, for God to be sure that his plan will happen, he has to remain sovereign over it. And as we said, if he at any point leaves that into our hands apart from his work, right, of that renewing and enabling that he does, um, there's no assurance that it's going to take place. Right. Um, and so uh, what we're trying to communicate here is what we're wanting to encourage you in your faith is that our confidence is in God and in the saving work of Jesus, in the life-giving spirit of the Holy Spirit to us, that that is our confidence, that is our hope. And in Christian hope is a very confident thing. It's not a wishful thing. Um, and our faith, our trust is in that God will accomplish his purposes. And so um, that's a good thing. It's the best thing uh, for us to put our hope and trust in. Uh, and uh, and Thad and I, neither one of us would say in any way did God violate our will in doing any of this. No, he actually awakened <laughs> it to where true life is found. And so, uh, so if you know that to be true in your life, give praise to God. Um, and if you don't know that, then as, as we've done, I think, the last two or three episodes here, we want to do it once again. We encourage you. We implore you. Turn to God. Look to Jesus. And, and if you feel that tug on your heart and in your mind that that is the way of salvation, he alone is that way of salvation, then just say yes to him and give all credit and praise to God for right. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Recognize your sin. Um, repent of it, right? We have to be repentant. We have to recognize turn it. Turn away. to turn from our sin mm -hmm. um, and to recognize that our sin has caused us nothing but death and that the life is found only in Christ. Amen. So that's awesome. Okay, so we'll meet again next time? Yep, we'll come back next time and we'll, we'll continue on with this discussion. Appreciate y'all yep. being our, with us. Take care. Be sure to join us next time as we compare the views on God's foreknowledge 
as it is the root of predestination. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.